This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Well, Merry Christmas, Coastal. All right. Um, Usually when people tell you Merry Christmas, you would say like Merry Christmas back. So let's just try. I know y'all are a bunch of Scrooges this year, but let's just try this one more time, okay? Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you. I, some, I even got a personalized one back. So, hey, it is so good to be back with you guys. It has been quite a few weeks since I've been gone. And I'm sorry for those of you over the last couple of weeks that got angry at me that I wasn't up here talking. But let me just say something. Man, I'm so proud that we have so many different people at our church that can get up here and communicate God's truth in real and relevant ways. And, and I mean, we had, we had Shayla up here one week. We had Pastor Jeremy up here doing the YMCA of worship. And we had, uh, we had Randy Young last week talking about parenting and and man we've just had some incredible incredible people sharing over the last couple weeks and and it's just been awesome it's been awesome to sit back and see you guys just dive in and and just see the changes that have been happening in people's lives through that and and man it just blows me away but we just started this past week this brand new series called Christmas Revolution and we last week we talked about this whole idea that God wants to do a revolution in our parenting and especially around the holidays and around family and and how are we to interact with all those people that that are part of our family but we don't necessarily like and and how do we raise kids to be awesome and great and and this week man we're going to dive in and we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 so if you want to go ahead and turn in your bibles to Luke chapter Chapter one, uh, we're going to be hanging out there today, and it's a, it's a great opportunity to do that. But let me just share some things that have been going on over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but man, we just had an incredible adopt a block yesterday. How many of you guys were out there at adopt a block? Man, there was a lot of people that were out there, and um, man, I'll tell you what. We, we've been adopting this community in Collier City for, for the past three years. And over the last couple of months, man, we've just taken it to an H&L, a whole nother level up in that mug. And, and yesterday, um, you guys have been so generous, man. There were, there were over 100 kids that, that got Christmas that would have never, ever gotten Christmas. And, and we were, I was actually with one of the groups just walking into homes. And, and we walked into this home and... And it was the first time that they had actually ever invited any of the people on one of our t- teams into their home. And so we walked in and, and I was actually with Bones, which you can imagine what that's like in a stranger's home. It's, it's very entertaining. And, um, and, and, and I was with Megan and we were just, we were in this home and, and we gave this family these, these presents. And, and the mom was like, you know what? Thank you so much. I told my kids we weren't gonna have Christmas this year. And, uh, and their youngest son, um, Bones decided, he's like, man, why don't you just go ahead and open up your gift right now? And, and this little boy, I don't know if he's two or three years old, um, opened up the box that one of you guys gave. And inside there were these gray shoes with the little lights that are on them. And, um, and you should have seen this little kid just like light up. He ripped his shoes off. And it was like, ah! he, he couldn't talk yet. So that's all he really could say was, ah! and he grabbed the shoes and his mom's like, he's never going to take these shoes off. And he got those shoes on and he just started stomping around. And, and it just like, it radically wrecked my life because just the simple little things, uh, a $15 pair or a $20 pair of shoes, the difference that it made in this kid's life and the joy that was on his face, the joy that was on his family's face, just sitting there, just being in awe of some people that they don't even know that stepped out and did something 
for somebody that they'll never really probably even get to see their face. But you know what? The changes that are happening because of your generosity, because of your love for people, because of your desire to reach out to the least of these and the broken, the destitute, and the poor, man, it just blows my mind. And so uh, I just want to say thank you to you guys. I just want to say thank you for going out and being the church, knowing that it's not about some messages on Sunday, but it's about going out there and making a huge, huge difference in people's lives. And I'll tell you what, man, there's, there's lots of opportunities if you missed that one. This weekend, we have SOS Children's Village, and we're going to be going out there and providing gifts to, to foster kids. And so, man, if you want an opportunity, come out Saturday to SOS. Come out uh, Monday night after Christmas Eve to Christmas caroling in the bars, that junk will change your world. You go in there and you're with some hurting, some broken people. If you're hanging out in a bar getting drunk on Christmas Eve, life isn't going very well. And so we get to go and bring a little bit of joy and it'll just change your life. And so, man, I just wanted to, to kind of pump those a little bit because it's so important for me and so important for us to realize that Christmas isn't about us, but it's about others. And, and that's really the message of Christ. And so I just always want that to be on the forefront of our minds and, and where we're at. But let me just tell you this, man. I am so happy to be back with you guys. It's been like forever since I've been up here. I actually told my wife this morning, man, I'm nervous as can be to get up here and talk to these people because we haven't talked in a long time. And, uh, but I, I'm just... I'm just pumped about what God is going to do today because I believe that, that as we move into this series here and we move into this Christmas season, that God really wants to do something different in our lives, and he wants to really transform us. And, and a couple of weeks ago, we were doing an outreach um, on what we call Black Friday. It's actually just now Thursday because nobody can wait till Friday to start shopping anymore. Like, we got to start shopping now, you know? And so uh, every Black Friday, we've been going out, and we've been going to different stores, and we set up coffee and hot chocolate and cookies and pastries and stuff, and we just hand stuff away. And we were at Best Buy this year, and, um, and we got there pretty early. You know, there's probably only a couple hundred people in line at this point, and and the people that were in the front, they were really excited. And, and so as we were handing out coffee and hot chocolate, one of the ladies had walked over to get some hot chocolate and I was filling up her cup. And, and, uh, and I was like, hey, what, what are you here for? And you should have seen this lady's face just like light up. It was like started glowing. She's like, man, I'm here for a 42 inch TV. And I was like, why a 42 inch TV? And she's like, cause it's 149.99. And like, I'm gonna get that TV and I'm, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I'll beat people up. I mean, this lady was insane. She was a little cray cray, seriously. I mean, and, and, and I, I looked at this lady and I was like, okay, that's cool. I was like, how long have you been out here? She's like, I got out here uh, early this morning. I was like, so you gave up your Thanksgiving with your family, with your friends, being thankful for your life so you could get here to get a $149.99 TV. She's like, you better believe it. And I was like, oh my goodness. What, what is our world coming to? And then, and then later on as the night went through, I mean, people were coming up and, and they didn't realize that you're supposed to get there early if you want the good deals. And so they were coming up at like 11 o'clock when it's about to open an hour and there's like a thousand people in line and they were getting angry because they weren't gonna get the $150 TV. And, and, and I started thinking about what does our Christmas come to? What is this season of life come to that, that we're so uh, preoccupied with running after all this stuff that we really miss out? and what God really wants to do in our lives. And, and, and this question keep, kept popping in my mind as we were out there and as we, I've watched people over the last couple of weeks and, and it's this, and it's this question of, am I living a rhythm of life that is restoring God's wonder in me? 
Am I living this rhythm in life where uh, I'm being in awe of what God is doing? Or am I living this rhythm of life that I'm just see more, get more, want more, just all of those things are going on? What is the rhythm of my life right now? And the the interesting thing about that question is it it isn't like a, well, I might be doing that. It's either a yes or a no thing. Yes, man, I'm living in this rhythm of life that, man, whenever I see things, man, I'm just blown away and amazed at what God is doing. Or I'm living this rhythm of life where I don't see God in anything. I'm just going after what I want and what I need. And that's it. That's the bottom line. And, 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 And so that question is, is, man, are we living this life where, where we're seeing God's wonder being restored within us? Are we looking around and seeing the amazing things that God has got going on? And this is a, this is a difficult thing for me personally, because um, if you know me at all, and the people that know me well know that I'm like the biggest Scrooge at Christmas time. Like I, I honestly, I don't like Christmas time. Like I'm mad that they start playing Christmas music in October now. We totally skip Thanksgiving. We get gypped on that holiday. That holiday should have a revolt right now because it's totally over. It's just skipped over right now. I, I don't like the fact that, man, that people say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. That just makes me mad for some reason. I want to punch people in the throat. Um, I know that, I know I got issues. I'm in counseling. It's all right. Um, you know, there's just all these things. I, I look around and, you know, I, I see all these twinkling lights and stuff everywhere and all these different things. In fact, I was, I was looking around at some stores yesterday and every store I went into, there was not a single manger scene, but there was a SpongeBob SquarePants lighted up thing. There was, there was a, you know, um, Tickle Me Elmo light up things. I'm like, I didn't even know Tickle Me Elmo was still cool. Um, but there's all this stuff and it's all about everything else. And for some reason, it just makes me mad. And, and part of that reason it just makes me mad is because when I was growing up, Christmas was not the most wonderful time of the year for me. And I'm, I'm sure that's like many of you. That was a time where my parents separated. It was a time where my parents got divorced. And, and it was the first time in my life that I had I'd gone into a season and all of a sudden, man, I had to go back and forth and I didn't know who I was supposed to love and who I wasn't supposed to love and how I was supposed to react over here and how I was supposed to react over there. And so every time Christmas came around, it would be a reminder of the brokenness that was in my life. And I know for a lot of people, they have that same experience. It's, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. There's, there's things that have happened. There's, there's been disappointments that have taken place in life. And all of a sudden, there's this brokenness and there's this hopelessness. And instead of it being this wonderful time, it's this really, really depressing time. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, what I had a tendency to do is that, man, I just wanted to get more, spend more, go do more things. I wanted to fill up my time. I wanted to get away from thinking about the realities of my life and live in a fantasy world. And I think one of the things that has happened in Christmas, and it's specifically this time, and, and I think it not just happened in my life, but I believe that it's happening in a lot of your lives as well, is that I believe that most of us uh, allow our understanding and our experience of the birth of Christ to be stunted by two things in life. They're stunted by this, this pattern of busyness that we just get into all the time and this message of consumerism. We see it everywhere we go. Those two things, this, this busyness and this consumerism, man, they have done more damage to the message of Christmas than any other thing that's out there. And, and we don't even recognize that we're going on because they're happening every single minute around us. Something is telling us we gotta get more, we gotta do more. We got so much stuff going on. And, and listen, I can't judge anybody because I'm right up in the middle of, the, of this thing. 
Like I'm right in the middle of it. I'm, I'm thinking, what do I got to do next? You know, we got, we got shopping to do and those shopping leads to, to parties with, with coworkers and those coworker parties lead to, to family events and those family events leads to years of counseling. I mean, we got all this stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You all have been there with Uncle Eddie that you're like, where the heck did he come from? And if you know who Uncle Eddie is, it's probably you and your family. So we got all of this stuff going on. And, 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 and man, it's just, there's all these pressures of, man, we got to be here. We got to do that. We got to spend this. We got to spend that. And, and on top of all of those pressures, we, we got to look at the economic realities of what's going on. And, and there's just so much stuff that seems to be piling on top and on top and on top of us. And beyond the economic realities, it's the fact that, that our kids and us, we want to keep up with the Joneses. And so we're making ourselves busier than we've ever been. And we're, we're doing more things than we've ever done. And we're spending more money than we've ever spent. And my question to us today, is that really the rhythm of wonder that God is trying to restore in our life? What if we were to seek an alternative to the get more, seek more, do more lifestyle that our culture so pushes on top of us? What if we were to, to do something as, as a church? What if we were to say, you know what, no more. We're, we're not gonna live in this pattern of busyness. We're not gonna live in this, this pattern of, of going out there and spending more and being a consumer. Man, we're gonna go beyond that. And, and I think that if we're gonna do that as a people of God, you know, it, it, it can't be that, man, we're just gonna show up to church like once a week. You know, because the message of the cross, the message of Christ, the message of his birth, I mean, that's one hour of your week, but yet you've got messages that are coming to you daily. You've got messages that are coming to you hourly. For some of you, you got messages that are coming to you by the very minute that you're out there and they are completely competing with that relationship and that wonder and all that God is trying to restore within us. And so, so how do we do that? I mean, one of the ways that we, we try to help you with that is we try to, we give you the devotionals all the time and, and you can pick some of those up at the information table if you don't have one and, and say, man, find a daily rhythm, find some rhythm to your life because we've got to realize that if we don't seek God first, then everything else will seek us out. And so today, what I wanna do is I just wanna dive in and I wanna talk about what, what Christmas is really about and, and how do we beat some of those things? Because I believe that some of us are facing some uh, enormous situations. We're facing some enormous decisions today that we've gotta make in this time of life. And so what I wanna talk about today is I wanna talk about hope. And when I think about Christmas, the thing that comes to my mind first and foremost, always when I think about Christmas is this idea of hope. Because when the Christmas season comes, what do we all do? We all start out with these really, really high hopes of Christmas, don't we? We start out with, man, this year is gonna be different. And we put all of our hopes and all of our dreams. We're like, man, maybe that dude's gonna ask us to marry us. Maybe I'm gonna get that gift. Maybe I'm gonna end up with a phone call for a date if you're bones, you know, whatever it may be. We have these high hopes, but by the time the season is done, what happens for a lot of us is our dreams and our hopes are dashed and they're dead. And we found out that the, all that holiday spirit that we had has just dissipated through the days of the season. Because the reality is, is that for most of us, we haven't realized that there's two kinds of hopes that we have in life. 
There's two kinds of hopes that are out there. There's this hope for something, which is what the majority of us put hope in. It's a, it's a tangible thing. And then there's this idea of hope in someone. And, and, and hope is, is, is an important thing because these two different kinds of hopes are so critical for us to realize because when we get to this point where we, where we understand and we recognize that, man, when we hope for something, when we hope in something, man, at, at some point, that kind of hope when we hope in something is gonna eventually disappoint us because at some point it's gonna die, it's gonna fail, it's gonna break, it's, it's not gonna last forever. And what happens when that fails is that we're gonna be shaken to the very foundations of who we are. And at that point, we're gonna have to look at our life and say, what is our hope truly in? And the whole message of the gospel, the whole idea that, man, there is this God and there is this, his son who love us unconditionally is this constant reminder that it's not about the hopes for or in something. It's about a, a, a hope that's in someone. And we got to recognize that, man, if we continue to put our hope in something, man, it's always going to lead us to, to hurt and to disappointment. In fact, in fact, St. Augustine said this. He said that there are two different kinds of hope. And those different are those two things that will kill your soul. There's despair and false hope. And hope is one of these tricky things because it's this quality of life that, that can be really good, but it can also be really bad. And I know some people think that, that hope, man, is, it, it's, it's one thing, man. It's, it's this virtue in life, but love is a virtue. Love is, and, and how you know something is a virtue is it always leads to good. And, you know, justice is a virtue. Justice is always trying to bring something good. But hope is this weird thing because it can be objectively directed towards something that bad or something good. Because you can hope, man, I hope that person dies, you know. A lot of people, a lot of people this week were saying, man, I hope that that guy in, in Newtown, Connecticut, he dies. Which can be a very bad thing. We can hope for somebody's harm. But so many times we get these false ideas of hope. And I can't think of another time of the year where more people put their hopes in false things. They put their th hopes in fa false things. Think about it. This year, some of you guys, you are putting your hope in your Christmas bonus. You're saying to yourself, man, I just need that Christmas bonus. If I get that Christmas bonus, it's gonna be a game changer in my life. And I'm, I'm hoping that it's this much. And when is this much? It's gonna do this and that and this and that and that. And all of your hope is put into that Christmas bonus. For some of you, your hope is in that that, that, that dude that you've been dating for the last seven years that he's finally gonna ask you. He's finally gonna put a ring on the finger. You know, he's gonna do all, oh, the single ladies, oh, the single. You know, he's gonna, I just saw that dance the other day. It, it just jacked me up. I love it. And so, and so, you know, your hope is that the fact that he's going to put a ring on the finger this year. And man, if he doesn't put a ring on the finger, what happens to you? Man, your hope is completely dashed. Some of you guys, your hope is that, that, that the last 38 years are not going to be a predictor of the next year because this year you're having your family over. And for the last 38 years, it's been chaos, it's been fighting. But this year, this is going to be the year that is different. This is going to be the year that everybody comes over. We play board games and Candyland and drink eggnog and everything is wonderful. And your hope is all in that. And so many times we're putting our hope in all of these different things. And, and the reality for us is that, man, our, all of our hope is tied up into these things. And when they don't come to pass, what happens? Our lives are utterly crushed. Because our hope was 
in something. And the reality for, for so many of us is, is this false hope that we've been having has been extremely, extremely devastating in our lives. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at somebody that I believe that, that was encountering some of these same scenarios that we're encountering today. And if Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we're going to be looking at, at uh, the, the prequel to Jesus' birth. We're going to be looking at Mary, and, and we're not even going to get to Jesus' birth today. But I just want to read, you guys to read along with me, starting in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, let me just stop right there because there's always some period of time where some crazy theologian comes out and says, you know what? Mary must be some like supernatural person and, and she was special and all that stuff. And listen, if Mary was special, when the angel showed up and said, you're legit, she's like, you better believe it, sucker. You know, but that wasn't her reaction. Her reaction wasn't like, man, I have all that in a bag of chips. Y'all better recognize, what, what? You know, that wasn't what she was doing. She's like, oh, snap, what's up? What's happening here? You know, she was, she was a little freak out. She was blown away. Continuing in verse 31, it says, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be, call, he will be great and he will become called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? So Mary, here she is in the story. She's like, um, excuse me, Mr. Angel, sir. Like, uh, uh, let me, uh, bro, uh, li listen, uh, man, I, I, love, I love the fact that you just showed up out of the blue. I mean, like, poof, you know, yeah, poof, explosion thing that Bones did earlier. You know, I love that you just showed up, man. I think it's awesome that, that like I'm, the child I'm a birth, he's gonna be great and he's gonna be king of the most high. And, and man, I'm tinkled, a tickled pink that, you know, Man, he's gonna be like the, the ladder of Jacob or whatever that is. I don't even know what that means. But you know, I'm, I'm like, that, that's really exciting. Um, we just got one little issue. I ain't never been with no man. I ain't no booty call, you know? She's like, we got a problem. And I think what was really happening is, is Mary was saying, man, how can this be? How can this be? Because I've got a plan for my life. And see, what you're doing right now, that ain't my plan, angel. My plan, my plan is that I'm about to get married in a couple months to this dude named Joseph. We're going to go on a honeymoon. It's going to be fly. You know, we're going to the Dead Sea. We're going to camp out. It's gonna be awesome. And then, you know, we're gonna come back and he's got this little carpentry business that we're working on the side. And man, we're gonna blow this thing up. I mean, we're gonna be like the ultimate home builder in Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, and, and, and in a couple of years, you know, we're gonna take some vacations. We're gonna live it up for a little bit. And then in a few years, man, you know, we're gonna be intimate and we weren't really gonna invite the Holy Spirit in that moment, like just FYI. And, and at that point, we're gonna have kids. So you're, you're kind of creeping on my plan here, all right? You know, I, I, I don't, quite get it. And, 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 you know, Mary is, is, is kind of confused because she had a plan for her life. She's a lot like you and I. We have plans for our lives, don't we? 
We have ideas of what our life is going to look like. We know exactly what kind of house we want to live in. We have this idea of what kind of career we're going to have. We have this, the, this concept of how many kids we're going to have. And, and we've got all these things planned out. We know how good we're going to look in 10 years from now. You know, we've got all these things. We've got all these plans in our mind. And, and we know exactly what we want to do. But we're facing the exact same situation that Mary was facing because the plans that we dreamed of, the plans that we thought we were going to have, are not turning out the same way. And we're asking ourselves, God, how can it be? How can it be? Man, what's, what's up with this? How can it be, man? I never thought that at 28 I would be dealing with this cancer. God, how can it be? I never thought that my kids would be running far from God and, and running out of the house. God, I never thought at 38 that I would still be single and not married. God, how can it be? How can it be that, you know, when, at 54 I just lost my job and I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do next and I'm, I'm just out there. God, how can it be? God, this isn't how it was supposed to go. And let me just tell you something that I just see over and over again in my life and I see over and over again throughout scripture and you're not gonna like it. I don't like it, but it's so important for us to understand is this, is that God will allow your plans to dissolve in order to detach hope from other things and attach it to himself. God will allow your plans to dissolve in order to attach ourselves to him. And I know this to be so true. You know, today is, is December 16th. Well, December 18th is a very important date in my life. Because it was one of the most life-changing, life-altering dates that I've ever experienced. It's two days from now. December 18th, 2007, our, Shayla and I's lives were completely, our plans were totally jacked up. See, we had these plans. We, we had these great jobs. I was working at church. She was working in corporate America. We just built our dream house the, the year earlier. We're like, if we could plan our life any better than what we had it planned at that moment, I don't know how it was possible. We just bought this brand new 3,000 square foot house, we just decorated these rooms for kids. They're like tricked out. We're like, man, we're gonna be able to put these things in magazines. Like every other kid, they don't even know that they're gonna be jealous of our kids' rooms. And, and man, we've, like everything is good. We, we, we've actually got money in the bank. I mean, this is amazing. But you go through, if, if you're a parent or you wanna be a parent, you go through when you're trying to have kids and every month when it should be that time where you find out like, oh, we're pregnant, yeah it'd be like this super downer for us. It'd be like, man, it didn't, didn't work this month. We'll just practice some more. I mean, that's not a bad thing for me. <laughs> and over, but every month it was getting worse because at, at that time, Shayla would start crying and be like, I don't, how can this be? Why is this happening? And as a husband, you feel so helpless in that moment. You're like, I, I, like you can't say anything. You can't do anything to fix that situation. You know, and so I remember we went through all these tests and all these different things. And I remember on December 18th at 4 p.m. walking into a doctor's office in Brandon, Florida and getting the news that, that we would never have kids. Our plans were just wrecked in that moment. Our plans were just totally annihilated 
and, and I learned something in that moment. I, I learned that, you know what? I want God to intervene in my life, but I don't ever want him to interrupt my plan. And I'm going to guess for a lot of you, you guys, you want God to intervene in moments, but we don't ever want him to interrupt our plan. And God is constantly interrupting our plan so we can detach hope from other things and attach it to himself. So he can do something different. And he's trying to get us to, to stop looking at our shattered dreams. And we have to stop looking at these unmet expectations. And we have to stop looking at all the distorted elements of our life and realize that God isn't doing something to us. Most of the time, he's trying to do something in us. And he's trying to do something through us. And he's got he's to get our focus off of ourselves. And get it focused back on him. Get it focused back on the wonder of who he is and what he wants to do. And I, I mean, looking in the story, do you, do you really think this, that this was what Mary was expecting? No way. I mean, do you think that this was anywhere near Mary's plan for her life? Heck no. But was God about to do something that would rock her world and rock the world in her life? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't really understand this, but true authentic moments of hope seem to come in those most broken, desperate moments. It comes in those times where, where all of a sudden, you know, it, it goes beyond us just showing up to church where, we're, where we see some people that we don't really have a relationship to where we truly dive in and all of a sudden we realize that these aren't just some random folks, but these are the people that are gonna be a lifeline for us when we're going through some difficult times. It goes from, from when we just see this as a book of just some random stories that we don't really understand to where we start reading in here as we're going through a desperate moment and we see ourselves in the story and we start to relate and we start to understand that God has a plan and God has a heart and he has a direction and he has a hope for us if we'll just grab hold of him rather than what we've put ourselves in. And God is trying to get us to this place where, where we can see this undeniable correlation between our busted plans and his hope, where we can see the correlation between our shattered dreams and the hope that he has for our life. And continuing on in the story, it says in verse 35, and the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will become the son of God. When Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And that's, that's what I'm, I love that. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary replies, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said, then the angel left her. She says, may it be. I, I love some of the other translations. They say it like this. They say, let it be. Let it be. Man, this isn't the way I wanted my life to turn out. This isn't the way that my plans played out. But you know what, God? I don't always understand what you're doing in this. I don't understand why you're taking me in this direction. I don't understand why this isn't working out. I thought that that dude was gonna be the man that I was gonna marry. I thought that that career was gonna be my choice and my path to the dreams that I have. But those things are changing. So God, instead of being angry and mad at you, I'm gonna say, let it be. I'm gonna say, let it be. Jumping down to verse 46, and this is called 
Mary's song, and, and I won't sing it for you because I want you guys to come back next week. So uh, it says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. I love that right there, man. She, Mary had this understanding that the de- declaration of her lips determined the direction of her heart. And, and, and right here, she has this heart change and she has this attitude change. And all of a sudden, what she does right here is she starts talking about the goodness of God and what he's done in the past. And if he's done it in the past, man, he's surely gonna do it. And this is what it says. It says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those around him who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abram and his descendants forever, even as he has said to our fathers. I, I just love this passage right here. I just absolutely love this passage because this is a constant reminder that, that man, Christmas is this, this idea that, man, there is this transcendent God that just does these unbelievable things in our lives. Things that we can never imagine, things that we'll never understand. But God is just saying that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your income level it is. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter about any of those things. I can show up any place at any time and do something incredible. And I, I, I love what Frederick Bucher, who was, a, who was a pastor in the early 20s, said. He said this. He said, those who believe in God can never in a way be sure of him again. Once they have seen him in a stable... They can never be sure where he will appear or to what lengths he will go or to what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will descend in his wild pursuit of humankind. If holiness and the awful power and majesty of God were present in the least auspicious of all events, this birth of a peasant's child, then there is no place or time so low and earthbound that holiness can be present there too. And this means that we are never safe, that there is no place where we can hide from God, no place where we are safe from his power to break into and recreate the human heart because it is just where he seems most helpless that he is most strong and is just where we least expect him that he comes most fully. I love that when we realize that God will go to any depths to meet us, that he'll show up in the most auspicious of ways as a lowly peasant son in a manger. He'll rock your world. And I want to take you back to this idea of rhythm because that's what this is all about. Because when we can find the rhythm of Christmas, man, it will, it will bring a revolution to our hearts. It'll bring a revolution to our lives. And, uh, you know, going around town, you, you see these manger scenes everywhere. 
I don't know if you've noticed, they're all over the place. You probably haven't noticed because we're so taken up with consumerism and we're so busy all the time that we don't notice. We just pass by these things all the time. We don't even recognize they're there. I mean, there's one on the corner of US-1 in, in, in Hillsboro, right at the Deerfield government building. I mean, the government is declaring the goodness of God. But, you know, we have Joseph and Mary and, and sweet baby Jesus right there. And uh, this is the lighted version. We didn't plug it in because we didn't want to awe and wonder you all with this. But uh, to get that rhythm back in this season, one of the things I want to challenge us to do is, is, man, every time you see this, as you're driving around, as you're, you're walking through malls because they're in malls as you're in different places. I want you just to stop for a moment and think about the wonder that God would send his son as a baby. Not the way that we would predict that he would change the world. And I want you to think about your situation and how hard it is And instead of whining and complaining about it, I want you to say to God, just like Mary said, let it be. Let it be. Some of you, that's going to be difficult because you're like, well, you don't understand my finances right now and you don't understand what my relationships are like right now. You don't understand, you know, what, what's happening in my school classes and, 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 and it may not be in your finances. It may not be going well in your classes. It may not be going well in, in, in those things. But we need to do this because you want to know why there are many of you that are facing way more extreme circumstances than those simple little things right now. A lot of you guys are asking questions of why. Why? Same question that Mary was asking is, why? Why? What are you doing? Why are you changing my plans? Some of you guys are saying, man, why am I dealing with these illnesses and maybe the cancer and the health issues that I'm going through right now? I've taken care of my body my entire life. Why? Some of you are like, man, I've, we've been doing everything right in our marriage, but, but it's not going the right way. God, Why? Some of you have tried to restore some relationships in your life and you've, you've asked for forgiveness. You've, you've gone to people and you said, man, I want to make this right and there's no way you can reconcile that. And you're saying, God, why? Why can't this happen? Some of you guys have lost your job and you're, you're throwing your hands up in the air and you're saying, God, why? How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to deal with the pressures of this season? How am I supposed to deal with the expectations of my family? And you're, you're saying, why? Some of you are saying, man, why are my kids rebelling right now? I don't know what to do. I'm a single mom and I got sons and man, I don't know what to say and what to do in this season of life. God, why? Why is this happening to me right now? Some of you guys are dealing with some mental health issues and you're saying to yourselves, man, why is this taking place in my life? I mean, I've tried to follow God all of my life, but why? You're saying, why are you allowing these things to happen in my life? And, and let me just say as your pastor, man, I, with all sincerity, man, I wish I could answer those questions, but I don't know. I don't know why those things are happening in your life. I don't understand it at all. I don't honestly have a clue. But what I do know is that while you are waiting, while you are saying, let it be, you are not doing nothing in life. 
So many of you guys, you think you're doing nothing in life, but what you're really doing is you're allowing your hope to grow up. And so we need our hope to grow up because we got to understand what hope is for us. And, and hope is the foundational thing that we have got to build every single thing on. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19, and it says this, we have taken refuge, would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. See, when we're waiting, we're taking refuge in God. And what happens when we take refuge in him is that it doesn't matter what the storms of life throw away, all of a sudden that hope that's within us, that's building, that's growing, becomes an anchor for our soul. It doesn't matter what life hurls our way because we're anchored into the one thing that is immovable in life and that is Jesus Christ himself. And today what we gotta remember, what we've gotta understand, what we've gotta come back to is that Christmas is a reminder to all of us that we cannot predict God. And God comes in the most unpredictable, most auspicious, most inopportune times. And he comes and he does a miracle. And maybe there's some of you guys out there today. You're waiting on God and God is saying, you know what? Let it be. I'm building something in you right now that is so much bigger and so much surer than what you have. Better days are ahead. Let it be. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.